Welcome to an all-new episode of Colorful Lives presented by State Farm. This season, you know, we've been focusing on the things that we wish that we knew before major life events. In this week's episode, we're going to dig into what you should know before getting married. We've covered some of this in our past episodes, but what are some of the best practices for saving for a wedding? Tanya? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I think that one of the most important things is um, to think about is just being aware of the costs associated with a wedding ceremony. I don't think enough people do that, especially now in this social media um, generation and deciding what's really important to you. Like, you know... So it's about family that? and friends. Well, I think it requires a conversation between you and your significant other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should make a list of okay. like what's important to me, what's kind of important to me, and what doesn't matter at all. And then you compare your list with your partner, and then you say, "Oh, is this on your list? This is on your list." And I think you make your decision based. What on was that. important to you? For me, it was the music. Like for okay. me, okay, it that's was, what I'm talking about. Yeah, for me, it was <laughs> like, the, like let's go back in time and we go need to, your to wobble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had to wobble. Like, I'm a line dancer, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, and when people like my friends who were at the wedding, um, so our hashtag was Flash Wedding Bash. If you want to check it out on social media, you can. Um, but my friends who were at the wedding, you know, they were like, wow, that was a real fun reception. I was like, mission accomplished. That's how you went. You know, like my flowers, none of that. You know, they were beautiful, mm-hmm. but we did a destination wedding. And I think that was important for us, too, to just have a lighthearted experience because right. there's so much pressure around getting married. Like I'm sure you guys, you know, people I have to think about like, it now because, you know, one day if I do get married and we have those conversations, listen, a destination wedding is a great idea because then everyone can't go. And so like you, just you have to also think about the list, but then there's people that you want to be there, but maybe they don't have the finances. So now do I have to pay yeah, yeah, I didn't care. family we, members. We did the destination. I, listen, <laughs> it doesn't listen stop pictures. us from getting married. Like, at the end of the day, right. that's like you have to think about who's... The wedding is about you and your significant other. That's how I looked at it. It's just like, as long as I'm there and he's there, anybody else, if they can get there, great. <laughs> Please let him be there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's my fiance? Um, no, but, you know, but I get it. I know people. And so I do know people who sidelined their dream of having a destination wedding because of someone in their family. And then, unfortunately, like, something happens to that person mm-hmm. or like that person passes and now you've invested all this money in a stateside wedding for someone who's no longer going to be at your wedding and now you're paying these stateside prices rather right. than having the destination yeah. wedding you really wanted so it boils down to who is this about and because like but like what about if his family can't afford it like immediate family like now i gotta get his sister his mom his dad I and I, then, I don't know Ange. you said too bad Angela, like, who are all these people that you're paying for because I you have to th- sometimes i always take into consideration like people that are important to me and financially is it too much for me to have a destination wedding you know because it is a flight it is a room it's and a, then do you expect to get pre- a present I no. think as a wedding guest, a frequent wedding guest, I think <laughs> if you go to a destination wedding, your presence is a present. Yeah, like you, I didn't expect anyone who ask, attended to buy us a present. Right. I think that if they're very close friends, of course you'll give them a gift, you know, in the way that you want to do it. But I think that if you're asking people to pay for a flight, to pay for accommodation and all that stuff, that's the present that they're giving you. Now, if you want to give a present, because I mean, <laughs> we'll people, our, our guest registry, we still use gifts from our registry. And I'm like, man, I'm so happy. I put this on the registry. Like, I made waffles with our waffle maker. And I was like, this is such a good waffle maker. I'm so glad we got this as a Do you prefer money or gifts? 
Because they always say you're supposed to pay at least for what your plate costs. You yes. know, it depends. That's how it is in my yeah, culture. it is. I think it depends. Like there's certain gifts you. We all have those gifts that you know we wouldn't have bought it if someone gave us the money for it, but yeah. because someone bought it, you mm-hmm. use it. So I think that in that instance, but. I'm just grateful for whatever we get. And so it's like, if you want to give money, cool. If you want to buy something off our registry, cool. If you want to buy something that wasn't on our registry, you thought about us and you decided to part with money that you worked hard on. You yeah, know? but you know, a thing that I think is can be frustrating about this conversation is that like a wedding is very different from a marriage. You know, like yeah. you don't have to have a wedding to have a marriage. Exactly. A wedding right. is a party. And I think that in our culture... We use weddings as a gift grab, you know. Like people are just like, we want things. I'm about I'm like, to come I'm, up, you know. And I'm my, now feel, my feeling op. is like now feeling it's is, a big photo op. Yeah, like, my feeling is if there's two of you and you're 30 and you live together and you don't already own a waffle iron. I'm like, I have many. Don't judge here. us. Amina's <laughs> judging us. Did I have a waffle maker? I'm not judging you. I just think that you know, showing up for your friends who are married. <laughs> it wasn't a deluxe waffle maker. <laughs> How expensive was it? But you know what I mean? Because I think that a lot of tension that occurs in friendship sometimes is that it's like you're friends with people and then next thing you know it's like can you be my bridesmaid and then you're paying seventeen thousand dollars that's a to like, whole you know what I mean? other situation right. like just, but I, I you know i do think with a wedding um i see so i used to be an assistant wedding planner in college how okay, many lives well, have you lived sense. so many so yeah when i went to school in south florida one of my relatives had a wedding planning business so to make extra money mm-hmm. i would assist her day of and i remember we had like an eighty two thousand dollar wedding that Ooh. i was assisting and the food was amazing it was extravagant and within one year they were divorced oh i went to a you wedding know? that was four hundred thousand dollars oh my gosh are they, they divorced? They're no longer together. <laughs> See? See? You, you should ask for your gift back. And you, you know, know what? what? They spent a lot of money on that wedding. Fireworks. But this is what I'm saying. Like, a wedding a wedding is a party, right? It's, it's a flex. A it's a flex of, logistically, what are you two people capable of? But here's the thing. It doesn't say like, a lot about There's a missed opportunity else. to flex differently. Because, like, if you're not investing in... Well, a wedding is not an investment. Let's get that clear. Okay. Um, but you can use that money. <laughs> like, it's not. But you can use that money to actually invest in something, such as buy a property. And I know for me, we were living in New York. We didn't, ha- we didn't own. And so I was like, I refuse to spend an XYZ amount of money on a wedding and we don't own property. Like, yeah. we don't own right, it doesn't things make sense. of this value. And so $400,000, I hope to God, your assets are more than four hundred thousand dollars. Because if not, you should have invested that. Well, you could tell already somebody didn't invest wisely. Clearly, four hundred thousand dollars on a wedding. Now, a, a couple of other things I wanted to ask about um, when it comes to because to planning a wedding. Because some people obviously like have huge families, and some people don't. Mm-hmm. Now, I also went to a wedding recently where the bride's family was all in the room with them and during the reception and they had us in like a separate room his family the groom of how big the their family party was was. it was like a it was like a division so we couldn't even like see her but i think she planned everything like a broadcast kind of like a like we could have watched that at home yeah we were like in the overflow room (laughs) you could have watched my family was so (laughs) mad popping couple (laughs) you got an overflow room at your wedding yeah so how do you avoid offending people at a wedding when clearly like the room they had some people had to be in the overflow room how would you have handled that situation I feel like people just need to check their emotions and like I think that so many and I don't know I'm just big on people feel so entitled mm-hmm. and it's like first of all you didn't if it's not a destination wedding you didn't pay to come to my wedding. So if you go in an overflow room, like you're about to eat for free. You're about to dance for free. You're probably going to drink for free. Like, you know, so it's like, 
<laughs> get what you can. I don't know. I I always am checking my entitlement to other people's experiences. And like, I'm just happy that they thought that I should play a part in this day. Right. I think it's just about communicating well, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you were, and I think that that's usually a lot of the problems, you know, the, the kind of the, when you feel feelings about other people's weddings, it's just because you didn't know. You didn't have enough information. Mm-hmm. So if it's communicated to you like, hi, we have a lot of family. That's um, true. Our family is our priority. We love you. We want you to be there, but you're going to be in the church over for no, His family was in that room. See, that's kind of shady, though. It's like that's my family was here and your family it was, is. Her family was all in the room, and then my family was all in like a different room. So and then we I just like, feel like you just should That's when I feel like you should just wait or something like that because that's different. I feel like that if you can't do it in a way that is tasteful, then you might need to wait or look at other options. You know, mm-hmm. I, but people I do don't think. feel empowered to do that. There's so much pressure to be like, we're engaged. We have to get married. Pressure sometimes pressure. Like, I, I agree with you. It's like, where's the, pre- the yeah. pressure is usually internal, right? Can you pressure us to stay married? How about that? How about how about like how about that pressure? Like, what do you think is a good price to spend on a wedding? Hmm. If you had to guess it, Ange, I think that's relative. Mm-hmm. I think that is relative. And depends where you live. Like, also. what's the average price that a person spends? Isn't it like I think the average wedding is like thirty-five thousand yeah. dollars, mm-hmm. which is not what I paid. Um, I mean, in full transparency, all in transportation, everything included. Our wedding was thirteen thousand wow. dollars. Okay, wedding planner. Wow. We paid for it cash, <laughs> and for me, it was really important mm-hmm. to have our wedding in Jamaica so we could support the local economy. So even our, um, like our florist, everybody, my makeup artist, everyone came from the island. It wasn't from the actual resort. We were very intentional about that. Um, Can you imagine going into debt for a wedding? That sounds like you're starting backwards. But people do, and then like the couple 400,000, I don't know their situation, but can you imagine paying bills on a wedding after you've gotten a divorce? Like, what kind of incentive do you have? Like, I can't stand this person, and now I'm still paying on this debt. You know, I would question everything. I question all my financial decisions up until that point. Now, they always also say that once vendors know that it's a wedding yeah mm-hmm. then they always charge you more i've heard that but i couldn't lie about that's, it that's true i helped plan a friend's wedding because i was the one officiating and so she delegated a couple tasks it was like one friend like for me it was like can you find me a cake and also i have to deal a little bit with the venue and we never said there was a wedding we're like our friends are having a party which was <laughs> true our friends were having a party they got married in the park and they did my favorite thing because they both don't like wedding receptions. And so because a lot of people were coming from out of town for the wedding, they just gave everybody a list of who was there. And they're like, here are restaurants. You guys should just do your thing and then we'll come back to dance together. So it's like a ceremony, <laughs> come back to dance. Wow. But it wow. was so them and uh-huh. it was great. Yeah. But I remember the woman from the, the the gallery that they got married at was so mad when she saw like a wedding dress and a wedding cake. <laughs> I mean, and I, I was like, "What's the difference?" Too. But I'm like, "What's the difference?" I, d- I get what's it. The it costs more to rent the I get it. What is the difference? I, under- I understand both sides. They did. I was like, they did the thing that they're supposed to do, and why do you feel entitled to charge like a third more yeah. because it's a wedding? I was such an honest person. They'd be like, "What is it for?" And I was like, "My wedding." You were like flashback hashtag <laughs> a party. What, what kind of party? What are you celebrating? <laughs> A union. I'm getting married. <laughs> like, it was like, I could not I lie think about it. Certain things like I'd could... show up and I'd be like, oh, really? Like with the florist, I would think that you could just say, we're having an event and we need... No. Then I was sending but references. same thing with the cake. So then I was sending references because they you asked me. But how can you, cake. like, a wedding cake oh. is a wedding cake. I mean, yeah, the, you can't really. They got a non-traditional wedding cake. So okay. we See, you, cake. you have to have a very it non-traditional situation. We have a cheesecake from Juniors. <laughs> <laughs> we, got this, we got this, like, beautiful French cake. But you know what I mean? I also think that, like, your 
I think that's, I, I always get excited about a wedding when I go, when you're like, the wedding is a true reflection of who the couple is. Right. So you shouldn't, should you shouldn't just do things because this is the way that everybody does them, right? You're like, exactly. if this is, if this is the kind of, because it's just about like, what kind of hosts are you? Yeah. So if you are the kinds of hosts that like, you know, your, your wedding would not have a cake, it'll have like a tower of cheese, for example. Right. I was like, that's you. And I appreciate that because this is who you are. Yeah. And I think there's just people, you know, people just do things that they feel expected to do instead mm-hmm. of just saying, this is how we want to host our community on the day of our wedding. And I think that, you know, regardless of we're talking about, you know, weddings or dating or talking about money with your partner, it doesn't get any easier to talk about difficult financial mm-hmm. topics um, by avoiding them. Like avoiding doesn't fix anything, but practice makes perfect. And so, you know, a lot of people want to know when is the right time to talk to your partner about credit, et cetera, and things like that. And it, it depends on the nature of your relationship. It depends on the person. It depends on where you are in your life. Um, but one of the biggest tips that we can give to couples that share financial responsibilities or liabilities is to schedule those regular financial dates. Like, check in when it comes to your money. Mm-hmm. Have conversations. Where are we going? What is our vision as a couple? And being open and honest about your financial situations and goals. Um, it can feel intimidating, But it shouldn't, especially if you're going to spend your life with this person. Right. I think before you move in together, you definitely have to have those talks about credit and finances, because once you start sharing those things, I need to know, like, can we both get this apartment together with our names on it? Or is your credit messed up? Yeah, I need to know those things. And then I like to look at people's spending habits. Like, are they extravagant? Do they make sure all this stuff? I need to know what those habits are, because I'm very anal when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. And my credit is really good. And it took a long time for me to make that. That happen yeah. and I don't need no man, okay, <laughs> thinking you're dragging my credit down. It's also a compatibility thing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, um, you know, because I think sometimes when we have this conversation, a lot of people feel shame because they're like, oh, like one partner doesn't have it together and the other partner has it together. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be. That's not the actual disconnect. The disconnect is if you're not moving in the same right, direction. Exactly. Right? And I, will I was help like, you, you can get fix credit together. You can fix so many problems. Like we've been so open about like mm-hmm. fixing our credit and you know mm-hmm. getting better about you know like you taught me about checking my bank account every day. A thing that used to check that I balance. Checked, like, like I couldn't account, do it. Every, I check my but, you credit know, cards. Everything. All but you can, you can help each other grow, right? And also when you're partnered with someone, that's that's the bargain that you're making. Where you're and like, okay, like we're gonna we're gonna support each other. But if you can't, if you are not compatible in the things that you want. And you don't have that forward mm-hmm. momentum together, your relationship probably is not going to work. Right. And you have to check in when it comes to those big purchases. I don't want to think that you're going to go out there and like buy a brand new car and not say anything to me about it. Oh, man. It. Me uh, and my husband would get a divorce if I came to you <laughs> had a new car. <laughs> don't do it, I definitely know people that have done that, you know? I mean, look, people don't even like when you don't consult, like, I bought a brand new TV. Like, let yeah. me know that yeah, you're let's about Let's talk about let's this. Let's talk like, about y'all it. Y'all want to say do it, but like, at least respect me enough mm-hmm. to have this conversation with me before you make this big financial decision. Right. And also if they're not telling you, it's like, actually the not telling is, I was like, that's very telling what else are that you, you feel. Right. I was like, what else, what else are you not saying? Mm-hmm. And also it's just, you shouldn't have a, you shouldn't have any hangups. I'm like, if you're going to spend your life with someone, you need to know their money. Like you yeah. just, cause now it's, it's all of our money. So let's talk about it. All of our money. It's, it money, is. Money. it's all of our money. Um, but you know, it's like you're, I, and I love that you use the word liability because I think a lot of people don't think about it that way. It's like, well, yeah, like if you're, 
partner with someone, their debt affects you. It affects your relationship. If you marry them, their debt definitely affects you. And you are in a lot of states on the hook for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you might as well know and not have a nasty surprise at some time. My boyfriend has to be able to talk to money with me the way I talk to you guys about money. Yeah. (laughs) My husband. Yeah. We talk about money almost too much. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, just because I do money doesn't mean I want to talk about it all the time. And he'll say, well, you're the money girl. And I'm just like, no, okay. no. I also... Funny girl. Like, I, just wanna, I do other things. I just want to watch trash <laughs> no, TV. all she does is money. <laughs> We're talking a lot about getting married in this week's episode, and we hope sharing our perspectives helps. But this podcast isn't the only resource. There are nearly 19,000 State Farm agents across the United States who are waiting to help protect what's important to you and guide you through major life milestones. For this week's Ask an Agent segment, we reached out to Zanetta Harris-Glover, who has an office in Newark, New Jersey, and we got some practical advice you'll want to consider before tying the knot. What's up, ladies? This week, I'm going to share how couples can work towards financial success. First, review insurance needs and coverages. Update your information, add your partner to your home and auto and insurance policies. Consider updating the beneficiaries on your life insurance policy and retirement accounts. And if you both have health insurance plans provided by your employers, choose whether you will keep one or both and act accordingly. Second, be open. Discuss your finances and set goals. Whether you choose to combine accounts or keep them separate, it is important to sit down regularly and discuss progress towards your larger financial goals, such as buying a home, paying for college, and saving for retirement. If you haven't already, create a living trust with your spouse to reflect your combined assets. Create power of attorney and medical directive documents. Also, have a will or trust in place. Having one could make the settlement of your estate easier and faster. There are many variety of wills and trusts to fit the needs of each individual. Only a qualified attorney should draft these documents. And for more tips on balancing money as a couple, talk to your local State Farm agent or visit us at statefarm.com. Now, in the first half of our show, we were talking about money dates, shmoney dates. So it only (laughs) felt right that we invite one of our favorite couples, Cody and Tommy Oliver from Black Love. It's now in its third season on OWN to give us some of their tips for a happy, healthy marriage and how to make it easier to talk about money with your honey. Tanya, I know that you've you've said so much about this before. Yeah, I think, you know, building out a budget requires you to think about what our long-term financial goals are, what our short-term financial goals are. But I think at the cornerstone of the budget, like they said, is, you know, you an emergency fund. Like, you always want to make mm-hmm. sure that you're prioritizing creating that emergency fund because nothing stresses out a marriage or a relationship more than having financial trouble. Like, you'll see a completely different side of that person and you'll, <laughs> you'll start to question everything. It might be me. <laughs> Yeah, like, wait, you didn't plan for our future? How do you decide how much you're putting in in the emergency fund? Like, what's the the calculation behind what that's supposed to be for each, you know, because each couple has different needs? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And it is essentially looking at your expenses. It is looking at what you're responsible for. um, And then based on what you're responsible for, you know, most people, we recommend three to six months Mm -hmm. of your overhead. um, But you have to, it's really, it really comes down to the couple. It Mm -hmm. really comes down to the couple as we've seen like all couples are different everyone has different philosophies everyone has different financial responsibilities um people have different support systems in place you know some people have come from 
um, wealthy families. Some people come from, mm-hmm. you know, situations where they're supporting their parents. And right. so yeah. it's like, it's sometimes not just your household. It's the other households you're supporting outside of your household. So how much you have set aside is going to yeah. look different. The idea of combining my finances is so scary to me. I know. And, I, and honestly, <laughs> well, that's one I, of the things. Yeah. It's, it is stressing me out even just hearing you talk about it. <laughs> yes. That's one of the things I love about Black Love and watching that show is you just see so many couples and how they've overcome certain things. Um, Personally, no knowing Tommy and Cody, they are just, they're awesome. They're right. like, I remember when we, um, we had Karis, when I was pregnant with Karis, I asked Tommy, I was like, how can I make sure that um, I'm not invalidating Kamari and his role as a father? Mm-hmm. Because I think as a mother, you always want to step in. So it's like, how can I make sure that he feels like a, um, a confident parent as well? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just great. As you've seen, they have so much knowledge. Yeah. You know, I think as the single person at the table, this conversation is really fascinating to me because I have a very good sense for myself of what my emergency fund needs to look like. I have a sense of, you know, like, how do I prepare if I lose my own job or if I want to change careers? But how does that change when there's another person in the mix? You know what I appreciate that my boyfriend does is that he always, I don't really have to give money to my family as much as he does. But even though it's his money, he always tells me. Like, Because I know for a lot of people, a lot of couples, that turns into an issue. Like, wait, you gave such and such money again. You gave your brother money. You gave your sister money. You gave your mom. And I know a lot of times that can be an issue. But I think it's a good practice now. Like, he might not tell anybody else in the family. But he'll tell me, like, just so you know, I just gave you know, X amount of money. That's really good. And that's really responsible mm-hmm. of him because I think that it, especially even when you're not necessarily married yet, you're, you know, you're still not dating, but you're in a long-term relationship. You just haven't fused your lives together in the form and, you know, formally with mm-hmm. marriage. Um, people think that you don't have to communicate certain things. So that's really good. And that's really responsible. Of him to Can I ask her when you communicate that, is it like high level or do you say like there's a dollar amount that, you know, like I'm comfortable with you spending this on on something or I'm comfortable like giving this amount, you know, like is there a threshold right. that you're like, if that time. happens, we, we got to talk about it. I had to do that in my own um, in my in my marriage. I don't know if we talked about this last season, but I found out my husband paid one of his family members rent. And didn't tell me until like something hit the fan, and I was like, "Wait, what? You?" <laughs> so let me get this right. And so that was our compromise: was okay as long as you are meeting all of your financial goals, and we're on track mm-hmm. with our goals. Mm-hmm. You can do what you want with your extra money, but anything over a thousand dollars, we have to talk about it. And do you yeah. have to tell each other if you get a bonus? Or something, or like an unexpected check comes in. I don't have to tell anyone if I get a bonus, but someone should probably tell me if I get a bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I do... um, Like, maybe you get an unexpected large amount of money that mm -hmm. he doesn't necessarily know about. Is that something that you have to disclose? We communicate about it. We do. We, we communicate about it. Some things he might not know. Communicate is such a nebulous word. We, we communicate about it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I guess, like, the question is, if you're not saying something about money, like, why aren't you saying it, right? It's, yeah. You walked in here with the... these new clothes on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, and I've, I've started being better about that. I, I, I'm interested to see what other people do when it comes yeah, to Yeah, so, I mean, that's a good segue, though. Like, do you share every kind of account, you know, or do you have like one common pot where you're like we all contribute and then you have your own separate thing or is it you have access to every single thing that you know everyone is doing in your relationship 
personally for us, we um, have our own separate accounts and then we have a house account. And mm-hmm. then we know what our household expenses are. We deposit um, an amount into our household account to cover our household expenses. Mm-hmm. And then we have our own. Is um, it a account. percentage like based on what you make? Like say, for all right, let's talk about this. What if one partner doesn't work? Then should the breadwinner set, a, set aside a percentage to give to the significant other that's not working? And how do you do that? Well, it's a tough one. Um, I think <laughs> it, oh, so much of it is doing what works for you. And I know, and like, I can only say, so our household is different from my parents' household. Me and my mom actually had a conversation about this recently because I found out my dad pays all the bills and my mom pays for her car note and, you know, like certain things um, that are related to her personally. And I brought it up to my husband. He was like, well, uh, <laughs> my life would be so different. That's, um, <laughs> So that's what you want to do. <laughs> I was like, I'm not saying that's what I want to do, but it, for us, it's different because we're both entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so one month, one person, or, you know, for a couple months, one of us might have an amazing contract. Mm-hmm. And then the next couple of months, my husband might have an amazing project yeah. and he picks up, you mm-hmm. know, more of the bills. And so for us, flexibility is the most important mm-hmm. thing and being flexible and understanding, okay, this is what you have going. This is what your financial goal is. I know, like I've mentioned before, I created debt building my business. When I decided I wanted to eliminate my debt, I had to talk to my husband and say, hey, I want to become debt free. So would you mind, you know, taking care of most of the household responsibilities yeah. so that I can do this so I can focus on this? And, you know, he was OK with it. And then after that, he was like, you know, client work has kind of slowed down. Let's have a conversation about going back to the arrangement we had before. And I didn't have a problem with that. And so I and then when Karis came, you know, it was. I'm on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So I'm not able to work as much as you are. And so the trade-off of you going out and me being in the house right. is, you know, I have two jobs now. Yeah, you're working now out raising with the baby. baby. Yeah. And, you know, know. and so, you know, we had a conversation about that. And so I think it's, you have to be flexible. You have to know what works for you. Um, you want both parties to feel like you're being fair. You don't want someone to feel like they're being taken advantage yeah, of. Yeah, and it also depends what kind of commitment you made to someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking about partners that I've lived with, and sometimes it was, well, we're splitting everything 50-50 because that's where we are at in our relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And other times, like one time when I dated someone who was much wealthier than me, it took me a long time to figure out, like, oh, I don't need to be going half-seas with this person. <laughs> you can, I mean, no, like, this is, this is not but how But if that... wanted you to... Right, right. But I just think that, like, you know, the impulse is, the impulse is to talk about it, but but also, you can have different kind of commitments to people. Like, dating someone is very different from being married to them. Yeah. It's very right. different very from true. making, you know, like... Yeah. I think if you're married, right. the money is... Say one person is uh, stays at home, but they're working, like, they're taking care of everything on that end. Uh, I don't think that you should give them an allowance. I feel like oh, yeah. your money is our money, kind of, right? If they're a responsible yeah. person with money and you know they're not going to go out and blow it all and go shopping. I think it just depends on different people like right. different things, but you should just be able to talk about it and it should just live up to your values. Some people have very old school values. I'm like, I don't respect it and I don't like it. Like, I would never be in a you know relationship where you're someone who gets an allowance or do whatever. But I wouldn't want to It just depends. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine having to ask. Like, oh, I want to... No. And I think at the end of the day, no. when you're in a relationship, no <laughs> one should be left completely in the dark yep. financially. Yep. At the end of the day, it's important to have some level of communication and respect for that other person because, right. you know, money is important. 
it's an important component of our relationships and acting like it doesn't exist or not talking about it can create more problems than actually addressing money head on in a relationship. Because sometimes people use finances as a weapon in a relationship yeah. too to yeah. make somebody yeah. feel really yeah. bad Total about abuse. Well, yeah, I take care abuse. of everything and I hold it down and I'm the breadwinner and you need to do this and I'm not going to give you any money to do anything because they can do that and that would make another person feel terrible. Exactly. Yeah. You know, financial abuse is real. Uh, you know, as I shared before, I think that was what season four when I was a yeah. guest before I joined you guys. Yes. Yes. Um, that, the best guest we ever had. <laughs> that was part of my that was part of my experience as being yeah. in a financially abusive relationship. So I'm I'm very sensitive to that in my own relationship. Mm-hmm. But I'm also sensitive to that when I'm working with clients, when I'm talking to friends and they're explaining things. Like you have an allowance. You are a 34 year old yeah. woman, you know, and you know, like I don't care if you don't work, you know. Unless if you don't feel good about this, then you need to have, like this is a red light. And maybe you don't. Maybe you're not in a financially abusive relationship. Maybe it's something you guys have agreed on. But make it make sure it's something you're you agreed on and mm-hmm. you feel good about. Yeah, you know, and something that you've been really good about articulating too, Tanya, is just talking about how the way that you spend your money actually says about the trust in your relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, so even hearing you talk about a joint, you know, like a house account, I was like, that is an I act of trust that. in someone. You know, <laughs> of saying like, okay, like we're both doing this. We're in the same. Place. Well, actually, then, so my husband, yeah. my tell house me, account, tell me. he doesn't know his debit card number. So he, like, <laughs> doesn't ever use the house account. It's really, it's yeah. me, but... For paying I mean, the bills. Yeah, but we both get notifications. And yeah. it's funny because a few weeks ago, he said, I'm getting a lot of notifications from the house account. <laughs> are you spending money on the house account? Yeah, things are due. Yes. <laughs> but he so I don't... Because there was a point where he knew his debit card number and he wasn't checking the account like he should before he was spending money or he wasn't checking what was Because he due. trusts you. Yeah, and I'd be like, wait, we still have to pay the phone bill. We still right. have to pay this. Mm-hmm. You know what? Just don't spend out the house account. Okay, just I'm just in charge. Yeah. I was like, just don't spend or you know, ask me before you spend. But now he doesn't know his debit card numbers. Is it hard to buy a surprise or a gift because you guys are so tied in? Oh, no, because we both have individual accounts still. So we have a joint house account. We have a joint house savings account. And then we have our individual savings accounts and our individual checking accounts. And then I have my business saving, my business checking. So... I do things for him out of my personal. To me, it's not a gift if you buy me something out of my house house. account. (laughs) No, that's not a gift, sir, because I contributed to that gift. (laughs) But I think that, you know, well, getting married can provide some tax benefits when filing together, but you should always consult a tax professional who has details on your specific situation. I think there's a lot of um, murkiness. People don't understand taxes and how, you know, filing jointly, filing separately, filing joint or single, like if filing married, filing jointly, married, filing separately. There's Depending all these different ways live, of filing. It's complicated. Yeah. And I know um, in our instance, uh, I did not want to file jointly with my husband because I didn't want his income factored into my student loan payments. Uh, okay. But when we we're considering buying a home, his business wasn't as successful as my business, so he needed my business income on our tax return for us to apply for our mortgage. And so we did have to file jointly. I didn't know you had a choice. Yeah, you do have a choice. And so that's why it's important to talk to a tax professional because they'll look and say, okay, based on this, mm-hmm. this is what makes yeah. the most sense for you. Because filing sing- filing separately, the trade-off didn't make sense for me to save money in my student loan payments versus the benefit it would have, you know, in getting approved for a mortgage and, you know, our um, our and so forth. So it just, you have to talk to someone who's a professional in that. And even as a financial professional, I still have um, people who advise me on tax strategy and, and tax planning because... You don't want that letter in the mail. No. And you don't, and you don't know it all. 
Like, they're experts for a reason. Just like, you know, with your insurance professional, with your tax professional, your therapist, you know, people are experts for a reason because they have access to a certain toolkit that you as an everyday individual probably don't have access to. Okay. We're all going to center ourselves. We're going to take some deep breaths. That money right. got me all riled up. These right. feel good. These money meditations feel good. I love it. So we're gonna do a money meditation. You got it. We're gonna we're gonna breathe in accountability. We're gonna breathe out money every time. Oh, That's what we're can doing. I breathe in money? Listen, you can breathe in, <laughs> breathe out the money all you want. Okay, let's all center ourselves. Let's breathe. Deep breath in. And then we're gonna breathe money out. Everybody in, in and out. In and out. In and out. <laughs> Listen, we just, we want a healthy financial breaths here. <laughs> Inhale money. Exhale money. I need that on a shirt. <laughs> um, we'll make it happen for you. But for today's money meditation, let's all take a moment to identify a way we can work together with a partner, whether it's your business partner or it is your romantic partner, to improve. Take inventory of what stresses and burdens you around money management and finances and imagine that weight being lifted off of your shoulders by a partner who knows and understands. Now picture something you can do that will make your partner's life easier around money management. And now you can think to yourself, what is stopping you from starting today on those goals? Mm. I mean, I can go first. Yeah. I have a lot of business partners that I think of, uh, I, I think very fondly of them because, uh, you know, I'm business married to them for real. And I've been having, recently I've been thinking a lot about how hard it is to make decisions. Like it's hard for me to make a decision for myself and the minute it involves somebody else, the str- I just get stressed about it. And I think I just really want to commit to to being more transparent about that mm-hmm. and also to just working on um, if we are communicating well, then there's no problem at all, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not, um, I don't want to be internalizing all of the stress that I have about making financial decisions around my business. For myself, I think there's a burden that comes with me having businesses that I started that I've invested into, also properties that I have. And I always am nervous. Like I have to make sure I have a certain amount of money. I'm always going really hard to make sure there's always money coming in. But it is something that has always, it, it, it stresses me out to know that I have mortgages and things like that, even though these are great investments. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, okay, I have to make sure I keep the money coming in, keep the money coming in. And sometimes I just can't relax. And I know for my boyfriend, his thinking about money is just so different. He's a lot more lax (laughs) and chill about it than I am. And I'm a lot more like, okay, I got to get this. I got to get this money. And he doesn't mind doing things where he knows he's extending a credit line or, you know, doing certain things that I just am not comfortable with. And so I guess debt has always been, and I know there's good debt. But it always has made me nervous and I have to get more comfortable with knowing that, you know, at certain points, these investments that might have some debt are still great investments. Yeah, I think mine has to do a lot with comfort as well. Um, I share that I was I've been divorced. Um, so this is my second marriage. I feel old saying that. But this is my second marriage. And so um, because my first marriage ended in a, in a divorce, I always feel 
feel kind of like this fear of what would happen if this didn't work out. Right. Um, and so that in that instance, I find that I make a lot of financial decisions based on what's best for Tanya. And if Tanya was not married anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes that signals to my husband, like, so are you planning to leave at some point? Do you think we're not going to work out? Um, and kind of makes him feel uncomfortable that I don't see us, you know, going the long haul. So I do have to be better about involving him in my financial decisions that don't directly affect him. All right. Well, of course, you know, we want to hear what you came up with for this week's money meditation. Just use that hashtag, hashtag live colorful with two L's at the end of colorful. So that's the words live, color and full F-U-L-L. That's that double L at the end. And that's all for this week, y'all. Don't forget to check back next week when we'll be digging into the things we wish we knew before doing home renovation. You're not going to want to miss that one at all. Yes, I love home renovations. Colorful Lives presented by State Farm is a loudspeaker studio production in association with the marketing arm. Our producer is Matt Raz. Our executive producers are Chris Morrow and Matt Raz. Colorful Lives was recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. Our audio engineers are Emily Duff and Rich Cervini. Our show is mixed, mastered, and edited by Dwayne Crawford. Our video switcher is Jack Dixon. Camera operators are Benson Vincent and Christopher Sonny Martinez. Our production assistants are Otto Oli and Timar France. Don't forget, if you're only listening to the podcast, there's even more to see on State Farm's YouTube channel. Log on to experience colorful lives in a whole new way.